With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption and logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com slash insights. Hello, my friends. It's your buddy, Phil, project management trainer and coach. Welcome to the PMP Exam Radio Show. Today, we're going to talk about Scrum, and we're going to talk about Scrum roles. But specifically, I'm going to address the topic cross-functionality. You often hear cross-functional team. You often hear self-organizing team. What else do you hear? Self-led team. All of that stuff is very important to understand Scrum. So Scrum teams are indeed cross-functional. And that's why they can get that type of work done and complete within a sprint. The characteristics self-organizing means the team chooses how best to accomplish their work. Instead of being directed by managers and whacked over the head with a carrot and stick approach, within the Scrum framework, the team has the total autonomy to choose how to get stuff done. So, if you got a question regarding estimates, don't go to the Scrum Master or to the product owner. Ask the team. Even though, of course, the Scrum Master knows because the Scrum Master is part of the Scrum team. But don't look at this as centralized. I know in the world of traditional, we tend to look at a lot of stuff as centralized. One person tells us, how to do this. The project manager is the expert. No, not here. So when we talk about the world of Scrum, things such as what technical practices should be used, what tools should we use to track our work, how is the work going to be distributed during the sprint, all of these are things that we should ask the team. Now, the traditional approach to organizing teams is to do so by skill set or job title. For example, All the researchers might be on one team, sales on another team, engineering on another team, right? Marketing on another team, accounting on another team, the engineers on another team. Now, this structure results in the proverbial relay race approach to delivering new products. Because by the time one team passes it on to another and then another, you've lost so much integrity, you've lost so much synergies, There's very little synergies between the individuals doing the work because they are on different teams trying to do a team job. That doesn't work. And that's why we talk about cross-functional team, where everyone in the team is in the team. So you have all of those different functions giving you individuals to work as a team on one team. So instead of a relay race, you have everything so well integrated that the coders, the developers, the testers, the analysts, the architects, everyone is all on the same team. And you know when you got so many different disjointed teams and handoffs, that impedes speed. It impedes flexibility. 
It impedes quality because I know that those individuals are not in my corner. So I don't have access to them the way I would on an agile team. Right? Scrum teams are cross-functional, which means the members of the team all have competencies, whether it's analysis, design, development, testing, evaluating, whatever it is. They have all of those competencies needed to accomplish the work without depending on others who are not part of the team. And this is one of the great things about Scrum and Agile in general. If it's done well, you will not miss that clause of cross-functional, all right? So if I report to Boss X, Boss X knows Phil is working on a team that is Agile. There you have it, Phil. You organize your work, you manage your work, that's it. Self-organizing, self-managing, self-led, autonomous team. And it is so important for us to trust the team, okay? The fundamental unit of Scrum is a small team of people. Like I said in a previous episode, don't say you got 15, 20 people on the team. We talk about between three and nine. The Scrum team consists of one Scrum master, one product owner, and developers. So if you have anything less than three, it could be a struggle. You're going to have some overload, but three to nine, that is the sweet spot. Somewhere in the middle will be great. So within a Scrum team, there are no sub-teams or hierarchies. It is a cohesive unit of professionals focused on one objective at a time. And I know at first it may seem a little bit scary for organizations to do, but we always recommend to companies, look for a low-risk, low-stakes project, use it as a pilot, run it in its entirety, keep the full values of Scrum, and see how things pan out for you. You gotta try it first in its entirety. So one of the big things about teams and the reason why we encourage people to keep teams together is because there's such a thing called team dynamics. And this is talked about in other publications from the PMI like the PMBOK guide. They talk quite a lot. They go into a lot of detail about the five stages of team development, forming, storming, norming, performing, and adjourning. And on any team, when the team is formed, there's always some sort of resistance to get beyond that forming stage into full-blown storming. And full-blown storming needs to be well-led, well-coordinated, well-shepherded by individuals on the team and the scrum master, the servant leader who understands these things. And when you have a mature team, that understands ground rules and understands what is at play, we need to work together to get this thing done, you tend to find the forming and the storming stages not taking as long because they're ground rules to guide people in how they think and how they act. So ultimately, we get to the point where we've got a team that is functioning as a well-oiled unit. They understand each other. They can get the job done. They know how to do the job. They can make decisions. They don't need to go to the managers saying, mother, may I? Instead, they make those decisions themselves because they're smart people and they can make those decisions, period. Now, obviously, that has to be scoped. So, you know, it's not a one day you're building a bicycle and the next day you're building a house, right? 
They're two very different things. It's got to be scoped with decisions, but the team is making those decisions. They're deciding, what are we going to do? Come and go. Making sure that we define, this is where we're going. This is the vision statement. This is a charter. This is what it's all about. This is what we're trying to build. So it's not change chaos. A lot of people think, oh, self-organizing team, we're doomed. Our organization has gone to the dogs. You're doing this ridiculous thing called agile. No. As I often say, you will plan more in agile than you've ever planned in your life because you plan every day in your daily scrum. It's a planning session. You plan every sprint and you plan in the middle of the sprint. And you plan before you get into the sprint at higher levels of stakeholders. So it's not change chaos. It's not just do what you like. That's the concept. Self-organizing, self-led, self-managed team. They know what they're going. They know what they're doing. Believe in the team. And they'll get it done. And that's my story. And I'm sticking to it. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure you look for the other episodes where we talk about the details across the three roles and also where we talk about the events. If you're looking for training and coaching for your PMP exam, don't forget, go on down to the website. It's www.praizion.com, praizion.com. Thank you and bye for now. PMP exam, big deal. I can do it all on my own. Only no one to help me. Caution, Tiger. You may find that that disposition to the exam is not entirely helpful. Yeah, after all, everyone's passing the exam. I'm gonna do it. All by myself. I don't need nobody's help. Ah! I got herded. Well, I did tell you to proceed with caution, young man. You may want to consult with a coach for the PMP exam. Why don't you go on down to pmanonymous.com find out some of the help that's available for you. Yeah, I probably should. <laughs>